Hi, this is Brian Sears, government reporter for The Daily Record. You're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the official podcast of the Maryland Association of Counties and policy-obsessed reporters who are on late-night baby duty. Is it wrong I make the boys listen? Welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. Michael, we're virtual this week, but uh, things are looking up. We're getting more people vaccinated. We know that the boosters are coming. They're available now for certain folks. We're hopeful that we'll get kids vaccinated soon, and, and we're getting back to normal. We've talked about that, I think, every single episode, but it does seem like we're, we're making some headway. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Kevin. Glad to be uh, dialing in remotely. I appreciate the flexibility. I had a busy day of looking for zebras. No, no luck yet. But um, I've been out, out looking for my friends, the zebras. I'm I'm very committed to Team Zebra here in Maryland. And our, our special guest has no idea what, what we're talking about. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, Michael, I, I know you, you're like hoarding zebras in your basement. I saw something about that. I don't know. I know you're very invested in the zebras. And uh, they're running around somewhere in Prince George's County. They have not been corralled as yet. They also have their own Twitter account. Maybe, uh, which is great. Maybe we can put that in the show notes, but I'm glad you're looking for the zebras and I know you're, you're trying to make sure that they remain viable and maybe they become like a new thing in, in Maryland. Who knows? I like it. Zebra talk aside, we do have a, a special guest with us here and we're going to talk about a valuable and a timely topic. And we're going to talk about best practices with cash. Everybody loves cash. It's a great, sexy word. And in the public sector, we tend to keep accounts with the local bank, right? Or other institutions, but typically that's what we do. And this can be trickier than it seems. Right. And, and so that's, that's where today's guest comes in. Um, we're really happy to have Garrett McDonald with us. He's a senior vice president with a company called 3 Plus One, and their specialty is working with clients to sort of like sharpen and refine their use of cash management and then make the most of those kind of um, the assets. So, so Garrett, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Michael and Kevin. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to having a conversation together. So let me, let me just set this up for our listeners. And we know that our listeners are here for, for politics and policy. And of course, you know, Michael's zebra talk, but, but they also care about good government, right? And our listeners and everyone wants to know that our public sector leaders are running uh, their shows efficiently and wisely. And that means making the most out of every dollar. So that's really the hook. And before we get into anything too technical, we're talking about making the most of taxpayer dollars, right, Garrett? And that is something everybody's interested in. And I know that you all have the right tools to make sure that that happens. That's right, Kevin. The three most important pillars of public finance, and we talk about them a lot, are safety, liquidity, and yield in that order, right? Safety is the most important, liquidity the second most important, yield the third. And we have to have the safety. It's required by law, and there's the most focus on that, and there should be. But yield is very sexy. It's something that everyone wants to look for, but it's very hard to find yield today. Really, the connection between safety and yield is liquidity, and that's the space that 3 plus 1 operates in. And um, we're bringing new tools and resources to help counties and public entities all over the country. You know, we have 
13 different state association partnerships, including with, with MACO, and we appreciate that, and with the National Association of Counties. And, and what we're hearing back from public finance officials is we've got the safety down. State law provides that. We're trying to find yield, but where does liquidity fit into this picture? And that's where three plus one comes in. Garrett, for the for the benefit of our listeners who are not themselves sort of public finance specialists or or enthusiasts, although many of them may, may well be, so li- liquidity is is essentially the measure of how how rapidly would you need to put your hands on that money for some other purpose? Is that, that's right, sort of flexibility in these kind of short term cash and cash like investments. That's what we're talking about there. You got it, Michael. And really the best way to kind of describe the dichotomy between cash flow, which is what a lot of public uh, officials talk about, and liquidity is from uh, a cash flow perspective, when you write a check from your general ledger, when a county writes a check, for all intents and purposes, that money is gone, right? It, it has to be an account waiting to be cleared. And that's where the liquidity perspective comes into play. That's really how the marketplace views cash, not from a cash flow perspective, but from a liquidity perspective. Is it earning anything before it's cleared the bank? Is it being used to offset fees before it's cleared the bank? How is it adding value to taxpayers? And that's really what we're looking at here. So, Garrett, you're talking about, you know, is the money, you know, making money while it, while it's in the bank? So, are you looking at things? I mean, generally, for in layman's terms, is this pretty much about not only having access to that money when you need it, when you need to pivot, and maybe you need you need it in an emergency situation, but you're also, I mean, again, in layman's terms, basically looking at whether or not the money that's sitting in the bank or whatever institution is gaining interest, right? Is that money working for the the, the governments, right? That's right. And um, I really describe it um, in, in, in comparison to my great-grandfather's 1954 Farmall tractor. And um, when people say, what is this new liquidity tool? Really, what are you referring to? Um, you know, my family came from Ireland during the Great Depression, and they farmed thousands of acres of land in upstate New York, and they did it using this 1954 Farmall tractor. And when you see it today, compared to the tractors that are brand new, you think, how in the world could they have ever done the farming that they did with that tractor? And the truth is that they did, but today they're not. There are new tools, new resources, new tractors that make it so much easier for the farmers to utilize the resources that they have in the ground. And that's how liquidity data and CashFest helps public entities. It's using data, as you said, Kevin, to make sure that when they have cash, it's providing value, whether it's interest or offsetting fees or just knowing where it is and what is it earning and how is it providing value and seeing that in a consolidated platform really provides a lot of value and help to public finance officials and public officials across the country. 
So, so Garrett, I'll, I'll toot the horn of our association a little bit, but I think indirectly, you, you're, you've already mentioned you're working with a number of the state associations of counties. You have a, a, an endorsement relationship with the National Association of Counties. And what I wanted to get to, MAKO as an organization, we represent 24 jurisdictions. And as you're talking about these tools, the little voice in my head is saying, this sounds like this sounds sophisticated and, and your company is adding value in a way that might not be reasonable that each local government sort of develop. Is, are we going to have 24 counties each go out and hire a, a liquidity management expert, somebody with that kind of expertise? You know, in, a, in a jurisdiction with a million people, maybe that makes sense with multiple accounts, but for some jurisdictions with, with far fewer people and less government overhead, they, they might need an analysis at a smaller level than build the in-house expertise. We like to bring tools like that to plug in with our county leaders here in Maryland. And so when our leadership from the Maryland Association of Counties uh, talked with three plus one with you and your team, we were convinced that this was a tool that could be plug and play for a number of our member jurisdictions. Don't don't reinvent the wheel. We've got somebody here who can be who can help you with it. So maybe it would be helpful for you to walk us through what does the beginning of a relationship look like if a Maryland county says, yeah, we might not be doing this ideally, and maybe three plus one could help. So how, what are the beginning stages of that relationship look like? Walk us through that. Yeah, that's a great question, Michael. And before I, I speak to the specifics, I'll just mention um, our founders, um, Joe Rulis and our CEO, not only was he a town board member um, in upstate New York, but he was also president of a, of a bank and worked in the government higher ed and hospital division. And our co-founder, Peter Forsgren, worked in public finance all his life and um, also was a president of a school board. And when coming together and identifying what tool can we create to help counties, towns, school districts, public finance officials in general, utilize their cash to a, to a higher degree to take something off of their plate that they have might have been doing a certain way for many years, or maybe they need a new tool or resource. How do we provide it for small entities or large entities? Um, in New York, for example, we work with the largest county, a $3.5 billion a year entity, and the smallest county, a $20 million a year county, and also towns and villages um, that are much smaller than that. So when we first go into an entity, our role is to collect as much data as we can. And we do that using view-only access. And our, our goal is to securely download every debit, every credit, to stress test it from every bank account, from every financial partner that they have, and put together a consolidated picture of their liquidity, its performance, the fees associated with it, bringing all their financial partners together and putting one picture in front of them that says, how can we move forward to ensure we're maximizing the value on all of our cash? And I don't know one entity um, that we've ever talked to that says, our goal isn't to maximize the value of our cash. That's something that's pretty synonymous across the board for us. And, and it's why we have such uh, great county clients across the country. Um, but it's a very simple process to take a look at cash and really say to your taxpayers, we're doing everything we can 
to maximize the value of your dollars so that we can focus on doing things to serve you better every single day. I, I think that the, the old tractor analogy is ringing really true as I hear you talk about this, that this does sound like a, a more modern and advanced analysis than we might have been doing in the 50s or the 70s or the 90s or even 10 or 15 years ago. But if you've got the tools to help a public entity, um, I would imagine one of the things that probably happens in a public entity is there's some predictability with cycles that that you know when taxpayers, generally speaking, have tax bills come due. And some things I would think are on a somewhat predictable cycle that probably helps with measuring and anticipating liquidity. Is that fair? Yeah, no doubt about it. There's really two reactions predominantly that we received when we provide the initial cash fest. And the first is there's no way that we have that much cash. And the second is boy, we really thought we had a lot more cash and had things handled a lot better there. And across that dichotomy and that spectrum, there are so many opportunities to bring data that can really be useful and that can help um, an entity manage their cash, manage how they're investing their cash, manage how they're offsetting fees, manage um, how they're paying payroll and AP and look and really find out how can we take this to the next level? How can we be leaders, not only for our state, but across the country and maximize the value of, of the cash that we have? And I'll tell you, Kevin and Michael, the benefits go way beyond interest, right? Um, S&P, Moody's and Fitch came out uh, very recently and said that liquidity analysis was going to be a major part of their rating methodologies for public entities. One, because there's a trend across the country where cash was scarce. And um, some entities uh, really don't like raising taxes. And so trying to identify areas where um, they can look for every dime that they can to provide value for their taxpayers is important. But uh, for example, Allegheny County in New York went to go refinance some debt and they provided uh, three plus ones cash fest liquidity analysis. And in the process of their refinancing, um, they were able to save over $1.6 million by providing this concise, consolidated view of their cash to show the rating agencies, we have the cash to pay investors that buy our debt. And we are in a great position fiscally to make sure that we're always monitoring this into the future. We, we did an episode of this podcast a while back and our guest speaker then was a, a former analyst in the municipal field for one of the ratings agencies. And she kind of walked us and our, our listeners through the idea of credit worthiness and what the Standard and Poor's and Moody's and Fitch of the world are looking for, but they're looking for sound best practices. They're looking for smart financial management. So this is potentially another opportunity to check the box, not just for cash purposes, but also as a sort of due diligence check of your own uh, to demonstrate to your own residents, but also to potential bondholders. Makes sense. That's exactly right. And one question that we put forward when we're being asked to come and speak to boards and we're being asked to come and speak to finance committees is, can you say definitively in six months on a particular week exactly what your cash position is going to be? 
And sometimes we receive, you know, feedback and it's puzzling, like, well, we kind of know, you know, when taxes come in and we're certain of, of when payroll is out and we know when we cut checks and um, we're, we're familiar with that. But what do you mean exactly? And if you could find out definitively and know what your precise liquidity, what your cash position was going to be on a particular date six months into the future, imagine even amid a low interest rate environment, the type of value that you could receive for your taxpayers. And we aren't a bank, okay? We're not a registered investment advisor. We don't provide investment advice. Um, Kevin and Michael, we think that's a really important part of what we do. We want to be that third-party data objective data provider um, that, that says, look, this is how much cash you have. This is what you can do with it. Now let's utilize your financial partners to the greatest capacity that, that you can. But having that data, just imagine putting a strategy in place and continuing to implement that strategy what that could mean for a public entities, for a county's fiscal health long-term. Yeah, Garrett, I love all of that. And data is king. We know that. We, we, we have, our counties in Maryland are very, very, very interested in sort of these data dashboards. And I think Michael made mention of, you know, not only taking an inward look at, at what do we have, wh where is everything, where's our money, where are our investments, but then also providing that data to, to maybe your residents. And I'm sure three plus one can, can do that. And you mentioned that, you know, a county, Allegheny County in New York was able to, to sort of show up with this beautiful report with all this data and it did wonders. So not only for counties going up to New York to get their bond ratings, not only to, to see internally what they have and their liquidity situation, but also to, to sort of share that data with residents to show them after they get this analysis that, hey, look, we, we worked with three plus one, we're maximizing every single dollar. This is what good government is all about. And I love the fact, I think you, you made this point too, that this is this analysis is coming from uh, you know an entity with with no skin in the game right this is not some financial advisor this is not someone that you have money with you have accounts with this is an outside entity who specializes in data and maximizing the value of money so i really love what i'm hearing so far garrett and and i i have to ask because you know right now of course, we're in the midst of, of ARPA and all of this federal money, we've never seen anything like it before. So the American Rescue Plan Act and various uh, bills before it and programs before it that Congress uh, passed down uh, to, to react to COVID, we have counties right now who are, are getting more money from the feds than they've ever seen. They've, they've never had to deal with this much money coming in to their coffers. And, and actually, I think there was some questions at the beginning of whether or not the banks could handle that kind of that kind of money and and whether or not there'd be places to deposit this money but with all of this going on right now i assume that your phones are ringing off the hook or or at least they should be because with this it seems like a perfect case for smart financial management right to figure out where you are and especially if you're going to be sitting on some of this money for quite a while because you're going to use it for projects that might not get off the ground right away it certainly seems to me that it would make sense to understand exactly where your money is and how liquid you are that's exactly right. I could not have said it better myself. Um, you know, it's interesting. We were asked through the National Association of Counties to correspond with the U.S. Treasury on the guidelines for ARP dollars for counties. And we were we were advocating as much as we could for this money to go directly to counties um, and then help them understand the guidelines and and provide broad opportunities for counties to utilize these dollars. And you're right, 
Um, nothing in government happens, you know, in a day. It's going to take time to to spend these dollars. And um, a, a couple really important uh, aspects to to your point is one, when we were working with U.S. Treasury and the White House and NACO to advocate for the guidelines around these monies. One of the areas that we were really instrumental and we're very proud and happy to, to talk about is that any interest that is earned on ARP dollars can not only go towards what the principal purpose of the ARP dollars was for, but for any purpose, there are no restrictions on the interest that is earned on ARP dollars. And you're right, they're not gonna be spent tomorrow. So using data, there are ways to see what a forward forecast using ARP dollars, even talking a little bit more about uh, what, what type of lost revenue could come over if your entity is able to take advantage of that aspect of the ARP and how current cash and liquidity is impacted by those dollars. And all of a sudden, you really start to put together this comprehensive view of we're able to utilize ARP dollars to earn interest so that we can help our taxpayers in a multiplicity of ways. And oh, by the way, we're able to use a forward forecast to identify how that impacts what happened last year, two years ago, because we are collecting this data on an ongoing basis. The larger the sample size, the more accurate, the more information we're able to provide to provide help. And it becomes geometric, right? Not just linear. Um, it, data is a wonderful thing. And we're all inundated with data points every day. But our team helps look at the information, really synthesize it, make it simple, and then put it into action. And you're right. Again, we're, we're not a bank. We don't take deposits. Um, our job is to look at data and say, you've received this incredible resource, really once in a generation resource with these ARP dollars. How can we use effective liquidity and cash management data and tools to make sure we're 100% confident that we're maximizing the value on that? Hmm. So, so that actually is, those are interesting connections back. We, we just had a group of county leaders uh, together for sort of a half day discussion about best practices with rescue funds and, and with the, the residue of CARES and CRF uh, dollars from the federal government and so forth. But I think every jurisdiction in our state is still grappling with that structure and using some dollars short term, other things long term. You're waiting for Treasury to give guidance on A, B, and C. But this notion that you gain flexibility with any um, any interest gained on, on those dollars while they're awaiting a project. And a lot of us are, a lot of our jurisdictions are putting money toward broadband. That's not going to happen tomorrow morning, right. but you know, we'll, we'll have a shovel in the ground in 10 months and that'll be great. But between now and then, liquidity need probably low and opportunities probably high. Exactly right. Uh, to your earlier point, you're right. There are some banks that um, really say, you know what, we have enough cash right now. And I'm sure if, if a county public finance official is listening to this podcast, in their mind, they're thinking, well, that would be great, but my bank either doesn't want any more money, told me they're lowering my rate, or I can't find any place to put it. And we're very familiar with each state's investment guidelines in Maryland Section 6, 222. And there are opportunities to utilize your investment policy 
incorporate data to help maximize the value of that cash moving forward and really come to the table with a more informed plan and strategy around cash. Um, you know, Maria Walls, the treasurer of Beaufort County, South Carolina, has a phrase, and I, I, I stole it from her. I hope she doesn't mind. But she says, nothing bad can come from planning. Isn't she right, Michael? Mm-hmm. She really is. And if we can plan and we can use liquidity data in CashFest to add a little bit more value, to really confirm and to, to say we are working with entities all around the country, three plus one, and we have peer benchmark data to be able to confirm definitively, look, we're planning, we're preparing, we're making sure we're maximizing the value. We are peer benchmarking. So we can tell you for sure where we land. Are we above average? Do we have a little bit more work we need to do? Let's work towards that and have a group, have a technology platform that allows us to nudge ourselves to get a little bit better. There, there really is nothing else out there today that's doing that. Garrett, I, I think you, you touched on it briefly, but I mean, you said three plus one is familiar with Maryland law in terms of where we can uh, deposit or keep our public funds. And I, I assume every state has laws like that. I know you've mentioned New York, you've mentioned uh, South Carolina. So uh, I'm interested in knowing how 3 plus 1 is able to understand all of these state laws and inform their clients, okay, well, in Maryland, you have to do this, but okay, South Carolina, we got you down here, you, we, you can do this. I'm fascinated with, with what you all have to do to kind of stay in the loop on all the changes that could be happening. And it sounds like you have a, a really good grasp. And, and I'm interested in, in how you all do that and how you keep up with, with constantly evolving laws and changes, especially in a world like finance where everything is so complicated. Well, Kevin, we try to sleep sometimes, but it does get difficult. <laughs> I, hear, I hear you. It does get difficult. But no, I mean, we have an incredible group of people here that are, I mean, when you work with CashFest by 3 plus 1, you don't just get a technology platform. You get a whole team of people that are really behind you to make sure that you're doing everything that you can for your taxpayers and that we're behind the scenes helping. So um, we do due diligence as best as we can. Um, we aren't attorneys and and we are big advocates to review your investment policy. Let us help you do that. Let us work with, you know, your county attorney, your solicitor, whomever it might be to find ways to, you know, mimic the state law. Um, Some entities are purposely a little bit more restrictive. That's okay. Um, But understanding what the guidelines are, where different opportunities can be achieved and, and taken advantage of is a big part of what we do, no doubt. To me, you're you're a big piece of this puzzle. You're not trying to be the entire puzzle, but you're you're a, a major piece of it. And I think it's really good for you all to understand sort of your role and not come in and say, "Hey, we got all these attorneys. We're the advisors. We'll tell you where to put the money." No, we know our role. We're a big piece of this puzzle, but we're not the whole enchilada. I really love that approach. And actually, it's different than than most entities we see nowadays, which is like, "We'll do it all. We'll do everything. Don't worry. One stop shop." I like that you know your, your market and you know where you fit. And it's a, it's a crucial puzzle piece that maybe some counties don't even know is missing right now. So I, I'm, all, I'm all in. I love the pitch. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. No doubt. Like I said, you've got that safety. You've got the liquidity. You've got the yield. Safety is important. State law provides it. You've got to have funds collateralized and, and, and safe. Yield can be hard to come by. You know, that, that, that 
environment, the yield environment has gone up and down for a hundred years. And I can promise you it's going to go up and down for another hundred. But an interesting statistic, uh, Kevin and Michael, is we looked at entities that we were providing cash fest to over a five-year period. And we monitored those that decided, you know what, this seems like a great opportunity, but we're going to hold off for now for whatever reason it, it, it might be. And comparing those two groups over a five-year period, the entities that decided to utilize CashFest on average earned and saved 30% more on their cash than those that did not. And so we challenge entities to really, let's not look at this for, from a, a one-year perspective or a two-year perspective. If over five years, we can bring 30% more on our liquidity, to taxpayers, is that worth it? And uh, we think it is, but we're biased, right? 100%. Um, but that's a real question and a really, um, really important data point that um, we're sharing with with counties. I think that that speaks for itself. Um, uh, a bottom line mentality sometimes is what you're supposed to be doing as stewards with public funds, and I think that's you know that's what our local government leaders. You know, need to be considering. So, you you've actually answered in advance a number of things that that I had had planned to ask. So, so I have something that's a little little bizarre. All right. So the the product is cash vest, and I kind of get that as a snappy. I get what that's about. But the company three plus one is there a story behind the name of the company three plus one itself? Well, our founders. That's a great question. Our founders. <laughs> trying to come up with uh, a very simple name that um, had something to do with numbers and data, but also was centered around those that, that we wanted to serve, right? The, the public sector. And um, we came up with, um, they came up with rather analysis, insight, and growth plus the client. So analysis, insight, and growth three plus the client is one, the center of everything that we do. We wanna exceed expectations. We want to make sure that we're working to serve those um, so they can serve their constituents and taxpayers um, to a higher degree and level. Um, that's where the name came from. Oh, I like it. We know that triangles are the strongest foundation for building. And I like the the, the three prongs, both at the outset for, for the way to think about uh, these investments, but then also as, as the foundations for the company and, and the way you think about things. So Absolutely. But I will tell you, we had coasters made and the coaster said um, three plus one question mark. And it said hint at the bottom and you turned it over and it said four. So when some people say, what is three plus one? We say, well, it's, it's four. Um, and some people call us that four too. Oh yeah. College man here trying to show off. Okay. Got the, the data nerds, the data nerds, like that is the perfect coaster for, for the data nerds. I, here, I, I this, this has been great. I think this is uh, an invaluable tool, particularly again, with all of this federal money coming down and people wondering what to do with it and how they can make the most of it. Is there anything that we did not cover that you want to add in for our listeners? Anything that we didn't get to that you think is really important as part of what you all do and the services that you provide? Well, one thing we just want to say is we have so much respect for the individuals that we serve across the country. Um, 
we really think that public finance officials and, and public finance officers in, in general are underappreciated. We just want to say thank you for the hard work that they've put in really over the past 24 months. It's been a stressful 24 months. Um, you know, I remember in, in March of, of 2020 when entities were really thinking to themselves, are we going to be able to make payroll? Are we going to be able to pay you know, our, our vendors? And it was a real concern. And our product was created for those individuals. So we are so appreciative of them. Our hope is just to be another tool, another resource in the toolbox. As you said, Kevin, we don't um, pretend to be the panacea for everything. But if there's another tool that can be used to really help them do what they do every day um, easier with less time, that's what we want to do. So we really appreciate the opportunity to work with with Maryland counties and public entities and thank you for all that you do and everything that you've done um, for them, especially during the pandemic. You're here. We we should salute everybody in county government. I work closely with our budget and finance officers and, and it has been a roller coaster. Counties have been on the front lines. They've stepped up and, they, and they've done an extraordinary job. And here in Maryland, I can tell you, everybody cares deeply about what's going on and people have not gotten a lot of sleep over this pandemic because they're worried about things like you, you said, making payroll and taking care of their people. That's number one. And, and then providing our services to our constituents that we do every single day has been top of mind. And that has not been an issue during this pandemic. We've been able to keep those services rolling. So really good stuff. And, and I think this is, again, a great tool. Garrett, we will make sure to include all of your information in the show notes. We'll get it on our blog, but we really appreciate the time today. And, and again, thank you for joining us. We'll leave it there. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. That way, all of these episodes can be sent directly to the device of your choice. You can also follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and then, of course, the Conduit Street blog. But for Garrett McDonald and Michael Sanderson, this is Kevin Canale signing off, and we will talk to you soon. <music>